Hello and welcome to the Global Fleet Voices video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine, which puts a spotlight on key leaders in today's fleet management industry. And today, I'd like to introduce our viewers to Ralph Morton, uh, our European correspondent for Automotive Fleet. And Ralph is going to share with us some of the current trends that are occurring in the UK fleet market. So uh, thank you for joining us, Ralph. You're welcome, Mike. Um, so one of the hottest trends that's occurring now in the UK market is, is electrification, as, as it is around the world, um, but even more so in the UK. What's driving this trend in the UK and, and what role, and I'm sure it does play a major role, does uh, taxation policy play in making these acquisition decisions on, uh, by local fleets? Mike, you're absolutely right. It's electrification is the hot ticket in the UK. It's just you, you can't sidestep it. Um, there are various reasons which are, which are coming together. Some of them are taxation, uh, some of them are environmental, of course. I mean, perhaps if I, if, if, if I start with, uh, from a company perspective, there's a CSR uh, issue which they have to address because now some tenders ask, is your fleet green? What percentage? of your fleet is electric. So that is a natural uh, driver towards electrification. And in the UK companies, you know, UK PLC is becoming much, much more aware of its environmental interests. Mm -hmm. Then there's the issue of urban air quality. Uh, it's, it's a real problem and it's shown to cause death. Um, and the finger has been firmly pointed at the motor car and the uh, light commercial vehicle sector. So there is a drive to get polluting vehicles off the road. We have clean air zones, more and more of those are coming in. And then of course we have government policy. By 2030, it's plans to ban all ICE vehicles, all petrol and diesel vehicles will have to be off the road or at least new vehicles cannot be sold. Mm. And by 2035, they need to be fully electric. So those are the, you know, those are the signposts that say we've got to go electric. Now, to do that, there's some very good tax incentives. So for a driver who pays uh, the higher rate of tax, if they were in a, an electric car sale, a premium BMW i3, for example, they'd pay less than £300 a year in company car taxation. So as a benefit, that's fantastic. On the company side, there's also a huge reduction in costs because they cost less to run. So there's less to pay in terms of tax and national insurance contributions on the employer, on the employee, sorry, because they're already paying less tax. And the overall running costs of electric vehicles are cheaper anyway. There's parts to go wrong, you haven't got the fuel and so on. So generally speaking, although the upfront costs may appear more expensive, the actual overall running costs are cheaper. So all of these are combining to make electrification really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with these really ambitious goals, you know, 2035, in order to uh, convert uh, and quit selling um, internal combustion engines in the local marketplace, you know, you're encountering a lot of the same issues that we are on this side of the Atlantic and, and namely infrastructure and, and, uh, can you bring us up to speed as to what the current EV charging infrastructure is in the UK? And, and of course, it's going to require um, 
tremendous expansion in order to accomplish these goals. And what is the status of those expansion plans? Well, Mike, there's, there's never enough, is there? There are never enough charge points. And, and let's face it, we've, we've been staycationing in the UK this year because we can't travel abroad. And because more and more people are in electric cars now, they're traveling to the further parts of the UK for their holidays. And for the first time, we're finding sort of queues outside uh, charging stations as people with their brand new fleet electric cars are, are trying to charge up. Now, to a certain extent, this is a slightly false view because we've got, you know, you cannot go abroad. So everyone's um, uh, holidaying in the UK. Mm -hmm. But in terms of chargers, we've now got 43,500 connectors at 16,000 locations. So it's growing. And in the last 30 days, according to ZapMap, uh, there have been 1,000 new connectors put up. Now, that's, that's never enough, I know. Uh, and, and of course, demand is increasing all the time. But one of the key things that's happened was that GridServe, which is um, backed by Hitachi Capital, uh, by the way, uh, one of the leasing companies um, mm -hmm. is and finance companies, they've taken over Ecotricity. Now, Ecotricity had all the chargers on the essentially the backbone of Britain. So all of the motorway services were Ecotricity and they were poorly, poorly run. So you turn up at one and it would never work. Now, grids are rapidly improving these services. So I think by the end of the year, we'll see a much, much, much better site. And then we've got other providers like SSE, who are starting to introduce a pilot based around community hubs. Now, Mike, we have an interview with one of the directors, which we'll be publishing shortly, about how they're gonna do it and what they plan to do. And we can talk about that later once the pilot goes live. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, the assessment is that the growth in infrastructure is paralleling the anticipated growth in new uh, EV acquisitions. So, um, yes, it's, it's, or is it lagging a bit? It's hard to tell because I think there's a general, uh, there's a general view that by people who aren't driving EVs that there aren't enough chargers, therefore they won't change to an EV. Whereas generally speaking, people who are already driving EVs are finding that there are enough just about to plan a journey. Obviously, it could always be better. So I think, I think by the end of the year, our situation will be much, much improved. Very good. And then, you know, you touched upon this earlier. One of the advantages in uh, owning an EV is the lower maintenance costs. I was wondering if you could expand upon that a bit and touch upon uh, what impact the EVs have on other operating costs uh, for fleets. Well, EVs, because they have fewer moving parts, are intrinsically much cheaper to, to, to run. So if you, have an, if you have a maintenance agreement, for example, on, a, on an EV, it tends to be much lower. Um, I think more of an issue, rather than the costs for fleet managers, is how you manage them in life. So it's not quite the same as sending your ICE vehicle to a service center to be serviced, you know, because that's what's always been done. Mm -hmm. What you have to be aware of is where you're going to send it and do they have the capability to actually handle your, your EV. Now, for example, if it required um, a full discharge of the battery, 
at the moment, there are only certain places you can get this done. So the chances are, if you follow your normal pattern and send it off to your uh, approved uh, service center, and they go, oh, we can't do that, it then has to be sent further afield, say 70 miles away, you've already lost at least one day, if not two days of vehicle uptime. And mm -hmm. I think that's the key thing that fleet managers really need to start thinking about, is how do we manage EVs correctly? And how do the service centers cope with this? Currently, uh, the IMI, which is uh, looks after the, uh, the retailers and the uh, service centers, say 7%, only 7% of, 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 uh, of technicians were fully qualified for EVs, and that was in December 2020. So mm -hmm. there is some way to go, and I and, and I think that's the problem. And it, and if I may, I, I'll just raise another issue. For example, the Tesla Model Three has been has been a runaway success in in the UK in terms of uh, fleets adopting the car. But it needs if if you have a, an issue with the tire, it needs a certain uh, lifting system that requires four lugs to be placed underneath it. Otherwise you have the danger that maybe the car will slip off the ramp or possibly um, the jack might puncture, God forbid, the battery. Mm -hmm. So there are these sort of operational issues, I think, which are more important to address than the cost, which I think will be less anyway. Right. I, I liken it to teething pains. It, it will be painful initially, but you know we'll learn to work around and adjust to these. You know, an, another area in terms of what I'm generically calling teething pains is, is revolving around the area of remarketing. And, and it's really not a huge issue now, but if, if these goals are met and these, uh, the volume of EVs enter the market that's uh, being projected, you know, we will have a pretty sizable number of out-of-service EVs that are going to have to be remarketed. And how do you envision that occurring in the UK fleet marketplace? Well, that's... That's a good point, I think, Mike. And at the moment, the jury's out. Mm -hmm. We simply don't know. We have an abnormal uh, used car market at the moment, much like you do in America. You know, prices are sky high. There's demand for used vehicles because people don't want to use public transport. Um, so that's clouding the issue slightly. And obviously, we don't have a huge amount of EVs already in the used marketplace. Now, Richard Jones, who is the head of Lex Auto Lease, the biggest leasing company in the UK, has actually said, look, at the moment, we don't really know. We don't have sufficient data and we run the biggest fleet of EVs. So that gives you some idea of the sort of the trepidation, I think, that mm -hmm. is uh, in the way that leasing companies are approaching the market. Yeah, I think you would but have... That, but that's, Go ahead. But that's, sorry, Mike, I was just going to say, but that's, that's at the moment. Um, you know, public acceptance of EVs is, is growing astronomically quickly. Right, um, I agree. I was, talking, I was talking to one leasing company. Um, mm -hmm. They were expecting a, a huge uptick in their business leasing because of the, of, of the taxation uh, benefits that we've already discussed. And they're seeing that. But what they didn't realize and what they didn't expect was a demand from, from retail uh, lessees. Who, uh, who are turning on to the electrification really much faster, I think, than anybody anticipated. Mm -hmm. So 
that then tends to translate into a growing demand in the used car market. And I think that will start to happen as people see more and more uh, electric vehicles on the road. They realize the infrastructure is usable. You're not going to suddenly be stranded without juice somewhere. Um, and and that generally speaking, electric cars seem to be very reliable. Right. You know, I think, you know, the normal remarketing channels will be used. But, you know, what what my prediction is, is I think we're going to see a big upsurge in the number of employee uh, acquisitions of vehicles at the end of the service life, especially as more and more employees have charging units uh, in their homes. And, and I think that's going to make that transition uh, over to using a personal EV uh, all the more greater. But unfortunately, we've reached uh, the end of our time now, Ralph. I want to thank you for this call. Uh, you know, the UK is a huge market in terms of um, uh, the f uh, fleet marketplace. So there's plenty to talk about. We'll um, uh, recommence this conversation on another topic at a later time. But until then, thank you for joining us.